So, uh, to explain this, uh, do you guys know what the Basque are? No? Okay, so in case you don't know, um, the Basques are from the Pyrenees. They have a huge reputation of being incredibly stubborn. The only place Charlemagne couldn't conquer in Europe was the Basques. Um, they like to stay in their mountains, but they are, in one sense, unconquerable. So they have this whole history of extreme stubbornness. Um, like literally, if you ever meet one of the old Bascos, you can literally throw a rock in it and just bounces right off them. They don't even notice. Um, so just joking, but they're very tough people. So I admire that. Um, and down in Boise yesterday was a huge, huge mega feast for St. Ignatius because he was Basque. So all the Bascos, they get together. It's really kind of fun. They parade, they have this, you know, they carry him on a leader, a statue of St. Ignatius. Then they do this Basque dance and celebrate mass. And then there's a huge, huge party. Well, it was posted on the internet, this picture, I thought it was funny, of all these um, uh, Baptists from the First Baptist Church. Um, they're gathered together and it says basically that they're going to go and try and convert the Basques and save their souls. Which, oh my God, I find that so funny. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, the faith has been in with the Basques for thousands of years and we're gonna convert them. Like, and the part I find so funny is that apparently they've never met the Basque because the Basques, like I would have loved to get video cameras of some of these Basques where um, trying to preach the gospel to them because like the older generation, like the Mumas, they will not be tolerating any of that shenanigans. So, because um, the Basques, my joke is, and it's the opposite. They're such a pliable, easygoing people. Like, <laughs> they, they make the Irish look easygoing. Um, so like, you know, that's going to fail, but the part that's stunning is just the arrogance that the first Baptists are going to save the souls of the Basques. Um, and I mentioned that for this reason, start with, um, the gospel, no, sorry, the first reading when, um, Moses comes down with the 10 commandments, he hears this revelry and they made the golden calf. So I know this sounds kind of strange. They're not formally rejecting God. It's not like, you know, God saved them and did all this stuff and now we're gonna worship something else. That's not actually what's happening. What's happening in the golden calf is they want to mold God in an image that they can control. They wanna make God something that they understand, control, and they're willing to worship God, but only as they define it. Does that make sense? No, that doesn't make sense. Um, okay, Doug, only Marlene. So I'm just going to, Marilyn, I'm just going to talk to Marilyn. Um, but think about that. That's what the, the First Baptists were doing. They're, they only worship a God that they molded in their own image. Um, and human beings do that all the time. Even Catholics do it. Because at the time of St. Ignatius, um, it was a time of the Spanish Inquisition, which, let me get straight, the church did not start. That was Ferdinand and Isabella did it for political reasons. And nor was there, you know, this sounds kind of strange. 
not that many people died under the Spanish Inquisition, but it was this kind of way of really harassing the Muslims. But um, it was this extreme Catholicism of orthodoxy. And if you disagree in any way, they were like Pharisees, they would come after you. So really, it's the golden calf. They modeled God in their own image and then called themselves Catholic. And so the thing that saved Spain was three saints, Saint uh, Ignatius, Saint Ther Teresa of uh, Avila, and uh, John of the Cross. Um, and I know that sounds kind of strange. They saved the Catholic Church in Spain by actually having them reconvert to the true image of God. And so St. Ignatius' story, so amazing. He's the patron saint in my book of grit and determination. Because even as a young man, he loved to fight. He was incredibly ambitious, a soldier. Um, uh, anyhow, uh, very ambitious, technically Catholic, but you know, barely. Um, and he's known for being, was known for being a fighter and stubborn and refusing to give up. So um, when he was in the military, uh, there's, they're in a war with France and in Pamplona, he was um, uh, on this wall and a cannonball hits his leg and breaks his leg. And when the French came storming in, he continued to fight. Even with a broken leg, he refused to give up. Um, and so, the, sounds odd, the French were so amazed with this guy that just refused to stop fighting. This sounds strange. Rather than throw him in prison, they let him return to his family because they were just impressed with his tenacity. So he goes back to his family castle and um, they, uh, he spends a month recovering from his leg, but then and this sounds kind of strange. Um, he didn't like the way the doctor set the leg because it had a bone still kind of sticking out. So, because um, he looked really good in those tights. You know, he, he, I know that sounds strange. He thought he had really good legs and he liked the women and he liked to show off his legs. So he had him re-break his leg and saw off the bone. And this is before anesthesia. I mean, the guy is tough. I mean really vain, but tough. So now he's spending another month recovering. And the only thing they had to read was um, uh, this book on Christ and the lives of the saints. And he reads the lives of the saints and he's so moved by the lives of the saints, he got, starts reflecting on his own life. And um, he says, you know, when I was intense about gaining worldly power, I was never happy. I was actually depressed the entire time. When I read the lives of the saints of being selfless and serving God, I was happy. So he gives up um, actually his ambitions. And then he goes to Montserrat and um, Our Lady, the Virgin Mary appears to him. Um, that's why I'm wearing white and blue. Um, and he gives up his sword and lays it at, um, on the altar, gives up everything and becomes his hermit. And for months, um, serves the poor. And then he decides uh, he wants to become a priest. And this is amazing. He was noted for being kind of vain and arrogant. But to become a priest, he had to go back to school and learn Latin. 
So he literally, with elementary school kids, sat in his classroom to relearn. Like, he was prideful, but um, he had lost that. Relearns the whole thing, becomes a priest, starts the Jesuits, but back to the Spanish Inquisition. At that time period, you had the Spanish Inquisition. And St. Ignatius wanted to find out what's the quickest way, what, what's the most effective way to have people become holy. So he tries a lot of experimenting. He has what's called the spiritual exercises. Deacon Chris is gonna do that. They examine on what he finds out will change people the most. And psychology has looked at his uh, way and they say it is one of the most effective ways to changing yourself. So the odd part is he'd be preaching Christ and he wasn't a priest yet and asking people what works, what doesn't work. And the Spanish Inquisition several times um, caught him and they'd beat him up and throw him into jail and tell him not to do this. You, you have no right to speak. And he'd go up back and do it again. I just loved his tenacity. He wasn't angry at the church, didn't give up. No, he was really the patron saint of grit. He's not going to give up. Then he becomes a priest. Uh, he starts the Jesuits. The Jesuits are kind of part of the intelligentsia of the Catholic Church, uber-educated, but they are meant to debate, and he wanted them like a military group that would be an intellectual, spiritual military group that it would attack the world. And they were. Anyhow, um, you know what I started off joking about the Baptists? Uh, they formed God in their own image, the molten calf. That sounds kind of strange. So did the Catholic Church during the time of the Inquisition. And what God sent was three great saints. One of them was Saint Ignatius. And so, like, this sounds kind of strange. I think he is the patron saint of grit and determination. Um, I want our kids to be that way. Uh, also, secretly, he's, in my book, the patron saint of the opposite of grit, which is temperance. Temperance is knowing when to give up stuff he gave up his ego, his ambition, um, uh, all that as well. So you can be gritty and temperate at the same time. But this sounds kind of strange, um, love the Basque, but I really do hope that our children, our faith here at St. Pius, we become more gritty. Not, you know, uh, what do I want? Not like the Inquisition of who do we attack. I want to become like us, like St. Ignatius, that we'll lead people to convert by our own determination. Uh, let us be a people of great grittiness and maybe like St. Ignatius and his companions, we can reconvert the world. Hello, this is Father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, you can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel 
May God bless you for your generosity.